Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass Collection, bringing you the 3D perspective of ranked skill range. I am the survivor of this episode, Andrew. With me, the one who can't even craft a glass of water, Keith. Hello. And the one who takes the survivor out of the survivor games, Liz. Hey, guys. And this week, we played the much-requested Subnautica Blow Zero. So thank you so much to our listeners, Peter, Mythical Maker, and the Funky Cat, who personally requested this game. And thank you to all who are participated on our Twitter poll and voted for it. Subnautica Below Zero is the sequel to Subnautica. Who would have thought? But Subnautica is brought to you by Unknown Worlds. And Subnautica is a first-person open-world survivor game. You play Robin, a sister of a scientist who is on the planet of 4546B, who has just mysteriously died. So you take it upon yourself to go to the planet and figure out what actually happened to her. But going around, for me, this was a game. If you've played the first Subnautica, you will definitely like Subnautica Below Zero. But if you also played the first Subnautica and you found it too overwhelming, you may enjoy Below Zero. I find I found both of these games to be same, but very different. So it didn't really quite feel like a sequel, but it did feel like a Subnautica game. So... If you didn't like the first one, you actually might enjoy Subnautica Blows here. Right? It had a little more direction. But yeah, overall, I think it's a game. So I'll take the next step here. I actually don't even remember what I, de- what I said for the last one. I think it was a pass. I, I'm pretty sure it was a pass. Liz for... knows. It was. It was okay. a pass. You, it was one of those, like, it's a personal pass. But Okay. And so... And it's understandable think, because you had a unique experience with the first Subnautica. <laughs> yeah, I, if you're if you're not familiar with that, just like going back and playing the first game, go back and listen to the first game. Um, find out how terrible I was at Subnautica. <laughs> so, Subnautica Below Zero, I was not exactly excited uh, when it when it came down to it. I'll be honest, but Andrew actually already kind of said it, and I'm a good example of. I, I, can, I can see where he's coming from, that it's not overly different. There's a lot of the same feelings to it. But on the flip side, there's a lot of quality of life improvements that while this isn't a full, it's a game, I will say. I wasn't super excited about it, but I actually I actually didn't dread playing it. And um, yeah, I, I actually would say it's come to a game for me on, on Below Zero. It's a game for me. I don't know if it's more accessible or just because... I remembered a lot from the first one, but for me, this definitely felt like it, it felt like a first game and then the other one felt like a sequel. This just felt so much smaller and easier to understand and all those things. And like Andrew said, there's things that I really like about it. And then there's things that, you know, with the uh, last one that I kind of wish it had actually, Andrew, did you say that? Or was that before we recorded that you said that? It was before I recorded. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I actually don't remember <laughs> my intro already. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I did like it, but it didn't feel like a sequel at all to me. Yeah, I agree. Or a second game. I think it, this game was originally supposed to be a, an expansion, but I think it ended up getting too big that they decided to make it its own standalone game. That kind of makes sense. Because yeah, the, overall, it's it's pretty samey gameplay, but I mean, the story is obviously different. So like, that's different, but I, I definitely agree. It didn't feel super sequely, a lot more expansion-y. Yeah, I felt like this game, the story seemed more interesting to me. I just, I had trouble getting involved in the story with the first game. And for me, I it's hard because I just, I don't want to do like spoilers and stuff. Uh, but when you meet the alien and stuff, I just, this game is very linear and also, I was kind of waiting for a twist or something that didn't happen. And I was waiting for more information on the sister. So there were some things that I, I liked. Like, I like finding out about the alien and, you know, helping him and everything. But for me, I just felt like the reason why I went there, I didn't really get the answers. Or maybe I missed it with the sister. I just felt like they were just kind of like... Yeah, I didn't... So apparently, you learn about your sister's, like demise pretty early on and I'm like I didn't get that but I, I found the story to this story I apologize if we do end up something into just like some spoilers but overall though I did not care for the story for Sonata Blow Zero it wasn't as interesting as I thought the first one was because the first one was cool because it was very much like hey you're just a survivor you're just you're just trying to get off this planet that's your goal 
But then you start uncovering pieces about this planet, which was surprising because it's a giant planet just full of water. And you're like, oh, this can't be anything that interesting with this planet. But there actually is. And so with this one, it just, it's a much smaller personal story. I just, it just didn't have anything that cool or interesting that really hooked me. Well, I feel bad because I didn't really go back and listen to the PDAs. And I'm wondering if that's where I went wrong. Like, that's why I didn't, you know, get more of the story. And so for me, like, but I also felt like they had these characters that you weren't really like diving into. Like there was the crazy woman with the stalker pet. And same with, like, the alien. He kind of says, like, oh, I don't want to get into it until the very end. And then he tells you, like, why he's doing what he's doing. And it wasn't that interesting. It was very much like, oh, yeah, I kind of And then you don't (laughs) find out in the end. Because it, like, right? Find out what? No, you do. Is is there a part three? Oh, about his planet? No. Yeah, you don't find out, like, if it's a good or bad ending for him. And I also, during the story, the alien enters your mind and he needs your help to build a body for him. And I just thought it was, like, really interesting where it's like, she just fully trusted this alien in her head. I'd be a little nervous. Well, I I mean... It's like, is he a good guy? Could he just take over my body? But it was just like... That's why I was like waiting for a twist or something. But it just turns out that he was just like, this is a good guy alien. (laughs) I mean, to a certain degree, she's a little bit hesitant when he first takes her. She's like, wait, no, I I gave you the thing. You wanted a thing. And he's like, yeah, you, not that. Which, that's a little creepy, isn't it? Like A little bit. She's like, here, I'll help you out. And he's like, all right, well, your body's mine now. And she's like, I don't like that. He's like, I don't care. So, anyways, <laughs> that, that's a whole thing. But so, man, am I right? Aliens, jeez, always gotta probe everything. <laughs> always gotta be entering Which is you. Weird Come they're on, talking about this because wasn't it just in the news again about the like the UFO sightings and stuff? I mean, I, yeah, the U.S. government Probably. released. Well, yeah, obviously. No, they're having like a meeting about it. Oh, they are. Yeah, I don't it, was, know about it that. was on the actual news. Like, they, like oh. it's been like fifty years since they. Well, better be careful because they're going to enter you. <laughs> oh my gosh! I hope you never say that again. So, <laughs> I, I'm kind of waiting for the right time to to say this. I I think I'm going to do it. I, I think I'll explain this on storyline. <laughs> so, as you may recall, Andrew, we were playing the other night, and I had, I was fairly early on in the game, whatever, and I. And I was all braggadocious that I had discovered Delta Station Dock. As you may recall, I was very proud of myself. Did you call it braggadocious? Braggadocious. Braggadocious. <laughs> um, right. So I, I was pretty proud of myself. I, I found a thing. and you know, Even was, though it literally that, gave you a beacon to that space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. But I did. I did. I got there. <laughs> Good well, job. I, I carried on and I, I, I kind of just got to a point where I had just about everything built that I could build. I couldn't find anything else. I had like... Two achievements, which I think is still like what I have. Spoiler. No, three. You have three. Oh, three. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So, so I think I have three. Um, and I, I started looking through the achievements, and I, and I realized, you know, wait a minute. I went to Delta Station Dock. I never went to Delta Station. You so never climbed I, the. T- <laughs> oh my God, Keith. So oh. I played probably a good. Oh my Five, God. <laughs> six hours. It never went to Delta Station. Oh I never God. found the map. God, so you literally went on this little pier and you went, this is Delta Station. Literally like a tiny pier with like a bench. And you're like, ooh, mm-hmm. this Delta mm-hmm. Station's impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I will say in all fairness to Keith, I felt like whenever I uncovered something like an artifact or like a key thing that was going on that was, you know, pushing me forward, I didn't know when it ended. Sometimes you just scan something and that was it. And other times there was more to it. So for me, like when it comes to seeing a bench, it's like maybe that's all I need. <laughs> I, I just never knew like if I should look more or... You know, Liz, I really appreciate that vote of confidence <laughs> in me. Um, no, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know what I was doing. What was um, your and, logic? So you get and, on land, you see a vast open place and you go, I'm good. And you jump right back in the water. Kind of. Yes. And I, and I think this is maybe I'm jumping a little bit ahead too much to gameplay, but it's kind of one of the areas I struggle with games like Subnautica or or below zero it's and it's funny because i love tunic because there was no real direction you kind of did what you could do but and then when i play like a builder style game like this and i 
I get lost and I find myself no disrespect Liz, but kind of almost like lizzing it a little bit. And like, I just want to collect everything and like build everything. And like, I kind of don't pay attention. So I'm not listening to the story. So I was like, he probably told me to like do some things. Yep. And I just ignored that and went, ah, cool. I found a cool th- couple of things. I'm going to carry on because I'm trying to build a rubber glove or whatever the heck I was trying to build that was not important <laughs> in any capacity. So yeah, that that was my thing. And so I, I think I actually did worse because I built the sea truck. I had a module. I had discovered a couple different alien artifacts. I had um, a, tons of stuff. Um, did you ever build a base? No, but I had the builder tool. <laughs> yeah, because, and... I mean, you, you scan a majority of the structures at Delta Station, so I guess it makes sense. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't get those until after I scanned all that. But yeah, all that to say, it was like I I had this little like epiphany, and I was like, you know, I I bet I needed to do more there. And um, oh wait, how did you not have a base? Like, did you just have like the floating lockers? No, I just I just really carried around the bare minimum of what I needed. Oh my gosh. How do you, like, for me, like, I needed, like, what, five of the giant lockers? I never said I was good at this game. And I love that they, one thing I love about this game, and other games need to take note, when you put stuff in the lockers, it just auto-organizes it for you. Yeah. That, like, that really, like, makes me happy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you were so excited. I was very excited. No, no, no. Just, like, if you put titanium... Oh, it like it yes. combines the titanium by each other. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I loved. See, I wasted so much time with this game. I just looked at. It. I put like over a day into yeah, it. Yeah, you put a lot and, of time. But I was done. collecting. <laughs> I was collecting everything. I was like, ooh, poster. I need to bring that shaving so kit. Yes. <laughs> I always had. Yes, I always had a full inventory, and I decorated my base. Um, and I absolutely loved it. One thing I wanted to kind of touch on is with this game, the atmosphere I think is very different. So for me with the first one, not only did the game feel bigger, like more open space, there were places that were dangerous to go or that you need special equipment, like the radiation suit and things like that. So there were a lot more dangers. And then I felt like they got rid of all of the scary aspects, which with the first game, I thought it was incredible that they actually made you feel like uneasy. Like when I was like swimming around and the Leviathan came, it was terrifying. That was like the most terrifying thing in a video game. But this. Yeah, the first time you've encountered a Leviathan in the first one, I think you like quit. I think yeah, you the, like turned your Xbox <laughs> off. This, you screamed. Yeah, this, um, this game, it's not like that. Whenever I encountered the Leviathan, they were more of a nuisance. They would follow you around, damage your ship. I would find like a little hole, go out and repair it. But. Even the look of them, like they just, they weren't scary or worrisome. It was just a nuisance. I just like, I need to make sure I have an extra battery for my repair tool. Cause when I was going to certain areas and it's the same with the ice worm, it moved in like a, a certain pattern that like, it was just annoying. And so for me, that's actually something from the first game that I felt like they should have carried over because if this was you, I mean, it would be terrifying. Yeah. And they just didn't carry that over, I think. It's same with, like, the music in the first one, I think, was... Uh, not to get into music. But, like, when you're in the scary moments, like, the music added to that. And so, yeah, I was a little bummed about that. I was really expecting um, to be creeped out, and I wasn't. Wait, now, were the Leviathans in this one the ones that were, like, kind of sharks? And they'd grab... Because they'd grab you and, like, try to eat you, right? Isn't that... There's, there's a couple. There's a couple different well, kinds. They're, they're okay. considered Leviathan class. Uh, I don't Just know the names big. of them. Yeah, but uh, oh, there was, okay. like, three kind of... There was one that kind of looked like... It was glowy, like a light blue glow. That was towards the end of Yeah, the there's game. one in the very... The glow like, the depths. It, they look like centipedes. They look like centipedes with just kind of, like, a mouth on their stomach. You had a, a squid shark looking one that would actually shock you and, like... Make it was an EMP blast that would drain your battery from your vehicle for a couple seconds. Then, uh, yeah, you had um, these are awful descriptions, and I apologize. I can't remember the names, I probably should have looked at the names from, but yeah, they just they weren't nearly well designed or as terrifying. And I also like too that I would go to an area and get attacked like three times, and then after being attacked three times by the Leviathan, it'd say, There's a Leviathan class creature nearby, <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh, thanks, that's really helpful. 
But yeah, I also, um, I saw a YouTube video. There is a certain section of the map that, well, no, there, <laughs> there are two. There are two sections I always got lost in. One was on land. And I had a map, but it wasn't a good map. And I'd always get lost and run around in circles. That's why it took me over a day to beat the game because I was lost all the time. But there was this one YouTuber <laughs> that showed the best way to go around the Leviathans when you're going super far down. And this is like end of game stuff where like you hug the left for a certain point and then you hug the right. And that was actually really helpful. So if you're at the towards the end of the game and you're going deep down into like the purple crystal area, I, I would definitely YouTube it. That, that helped tremendously. I, do you know what? And it, I got lost going up so much. I couldn't figure my way back up. <laughs> it took me so long. I was like, this isn't the way. And it's like, it, and then I also want to say, you need to save in this game. You so saved all the time. I did because number one, they, I found the game to be a little buggy. It froze a couple times. I had to quit out. I also had a lot of frame rate issues. Like things would just pop up out of nowhere. Andrew saw it on my screen. Yeah, but I, I didn't I have any issues this time. But not only that, not only is the game a little buggy, and I saw that online too. People like lost hours of gameplay, which is so infuriating. But also, there were times where I forgot to bring something with me, and I was just like, I do not want to go all the way back. And there was one time that I, I forget why, but I had to go back and forth two times and it was super far away. And I was just kicking myself because I didn't save. And you better believe I was like a saveaholic after that. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, Liz, please enlighten our listeners about your early experiences with this game <laughs> and your favorite creatures, the sea monkeys. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Guys, no, I was about to quit. I was seriously like five minutes into the game and I was Googling how to get rid of the sea monkeys. Because when you first start playing the game, this is, nobody else had them as bad as I did that I've seen online. Okay, Andrew's like, oh, I've only went into them once. No, these guys, every time I took something out, a knife, a scanner, they would take it from me and I would hit them and then I couldn't find it. What I had dropped because it was dark out or one thing or another. It was over and over and over again. It was like the sixth or seventh time and I was about to just lose it. And then later on, like all of a sudden they just left me alone. And then later on, I was very careful with my belongings. Cause yeah, like, you carried three scanners on you. Yeah, at the beginning, <laughs> at the beginning, I carried them. one of them I found, two of them I made. And <laughs> I was so over it. But then, so I didn't hear the music for a while and i was like oh maybe they're gone i didn't have any more issues with them for a long time and then they started giving me things but when they when they started giving me things i didn't realize it at first and i was running them over with my sea truck i was like you're not stealing from me today maybe that's why they started giving you things yeah maybe just running away killing our people I, i was like is there something wrong with this game that it won't let me do anything without somebody can, grabbing can I something? Just, can I just stop you for a moment, Liz? So we just recorded Sea of Thieves. And you berated Andrew and I because we laughed about shooting a monkey who was unharmed, mind you, because Excuse he was just... Excuse me. No, 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 no. Hold on. It's my turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. But. You're lying because you guys, that monkey did not steal from you. That monkey did not affect the progress of your game. Okay. No, you're you're implying that I am doing something malicious. No, I am protecting what is rightfully mine. You're just a sociopath killing animals. There's a difference. I killed no animals. The monkey did not die. He teleports back to the boat. You tried. And it was The first time you did it, did you know he was going to live? I did. Because I, I know that I well, Andrew told me for one and two, I I just it's a thing you buy. It's not they're not going to be like Did hey, the pay ten steal bucks, from you? shoot the monkey one time and then and it dies ten <laughs> bucks again. I, that's just not how that's going to work. So I assumed it wasn't going to die. I'm just saying you're giggling about running over sea monkeys <laughs> and you are very no. angry. I know there angry. is a no, very big difference between ki- trying to things. kill your pet. Whom helps you and adores you. And there's a difference between <laughs> sea creatures that are stealing from you and stopping the progress in your game. And, at, and, and it wasn't accidentally. And hitting them with your sea truck. Like, that is a very big difference. And also, one is a fish and one is a monkey. That seems like a pretty intelligent monkeys, fish that I could swim fish. up to steal your stuff. Yeah, they sure. like shiny things. There are a lot of stupid people who like shiny things. <laughs> 
Like, I don't see this. Okay. Well, <laughs> I do think it's funny because I remember when you, yeah, you started, you try to attack the sea monkeys. I'm like, no, no, listen, he's trying to give you something. And then I like, you took it like, hey, sorry, I ran over your friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, you apologized sorry. to me. I did, I did feel bad. But I also... I, I think it's funny, though. The first time you told me they stole something from you, you quit and just started a new game. Because, he you know, stole your this skater, was which like is the, the easiest fifth, thing to make. No, this was like the, the... No, it wasn't even fifth. It was like the sixth or seventh time this had happened. <laughs> and I was over it. And it's the beginning of the game. You're collecting the resources. And I was just like, this is such an awful way to start the game. So I don't know why the game chose to do it like that, where they just bombard you in the beginning and then they're nice to you. Like, I don't know. But I, I also, what I said earlier with YouTube, I was looking it up. With this game, I feel like I had to look stuff up. Um, I needed like certain petals or certain things to craft something. And so I would, petals? I don't know where that came from. Actually, there was like a flower type thing. Yeah. Um, so I actually did have to look up quite a few things and ask Andrew a lot of questions. I know it's going to be kind of a difficult question to answer, but did you guys find Below Zero easier or harder to understand what you were doing? Uh, I, I know it's kind of hard to explain because, you know, we played the first one. So we, you have the basics, but did you guys think this game gave you more direction? I don't think I, I don't feel like I had more direction. However, maybe it was just because I had already played the other one or played the, the original. I didn't feel, or I felt like I had an easier time with it. I just thought that, like I mentioned earlier, there was just small quality of life improvements that just, I don't know, and I can't even really think off the top of my head, but it just felt easier, and I I don't know if you guys knew this, I found this, uh, so I guess, like, hot tip, uh, pro tip, that's 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 our setting. I don't think we should get a pro tip from you, Keith. I don't know if I'd call yourself a pro, <laughs> actually, too. <laughs> um, someone who doesn't know what they're doing in this game tip <laughs> is I was digging around in the options and there's a controller or there's a button that's not mapped normally when you're playing on controller called auto move and left trigger doubles as interact. So you can actually just put it on left trigger and you push that and your character just automatically moves for you. All you have to do is like direct them or your truck. So if you're going like 1200 meters across the sea and you're just trying to get from point A to point B, auto move that sucker and oh. you, all you have to do is steer it also liz you mentioned that the sea monkeys were stealing your items and you couldn't quite find them when they would drop them on the ground there's an accessibility setting that will highlight interactable items so oh. it makes it a whole lot easier and i am going to shamelessly tell you that i turned that on and it was a huge help um just being able to be like okay i know at least there's something over there and uh yeah so keith tips for you <laughs> some, yeah, thank you things. for waiting till after I finished the game. I discovered <laughs> I discovered this last night at like 2.30 in the morning. Did you want me to give you a quick phone call, Liz? <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> hey. So I will say, I, I found this game to give you better waypoints. Because in the first one, it gave you waypoints to where like possible survivors were. Which would kind of give you direction of like, hey, you know, there's some areas over here you should probably explore. You can maybe find some new recipes in this area too. But it was very vague. This one kind of gave you more accurate beacons. But it still just kind of irritates me. Like, I know this game is meant to be open world survival. You got to figure out what you got to do. There's no shame in at least giving me a little more hint, especially audio. Because I do agree with you, Liz. When you go to an area and scan like one thing and you're like, is this it? Like, am I missing something? It would be nice if they just said, oh, you got everything in this area. That's it. Like, nothing crazy. And it, it made sense in this one because you had a voice in your head that, like, it would have been perfectly fine. But, so, I felt like it had better waypoints, but uh, I, I want to bring up. So, this game, even though it is Subnautica, focuses a lot more on dry land. You obviously now have to deal with the cold when you're on land, exploring a lot of shore and naval bases and stuff like that i was not crazy about the land aspect i, I don't know how you guys felt once you get the snow fox it's a lot which better. is the snowmobile yeah and that keeps you warm so you don't have to worry about about getting warmth because there are constant storms like all day like every mm -hmm. like every couple minutes like oh get to shelter so that was really annoying i just think that they need a better map 
I would get so lost in there and could not find my way out. Yeah. And I don't know if that was me or not. And then it was frustrating too, because like we're saying earlier with like not saying if you got everything, there were times where I'd miss like an important PDA and I would just be running around trying to find it or trying to get something that would give me the next clue. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I really struggled with that level. Even with the, using the map, I had trouble figuring it out. Yeah. I, one of the things I liked about this, about below zero versus the original was just having a lot more of it take place on land and maybe more of it took place on land in the first game too. And I just never got to that, but there was I like liked, two major islands in the first one, but I, but I liked that element and I don't remember the other one having the, the snowy winter element, which I think is what made below zero below zero. Yeah. And, and I liked that aspect too. I liked the whole temperature thing and largely though, I didn't think it affected me too much. Maybe I didn't spend enough time on land, but I didn't feel like I was ever like, oh man, I'm, I'm going to freeze to death. There was always something to keep me warm. So you never explored Delta Station, but did you at least explore like the other island or like the mainland? I was I was trying to get to Fire Robotics, but I couldn't find it. Okay. Oh yeah. So then you were exploring the main area then. But so, I, yeah. Yeah, I never did get to Fire Robotics. I was just was trying to. And I fully agree with you, Liz. There's no excuse why this game couldn't just give you a map. And the first one, it makes sense that there is no map. And this one... There should be a map. I, I, it doesn't make any sense because now, like, this plane is a bit established. You know, the company Altera is here. You actually find a paper map and you can kind of reference it. But it's just like, I don't it's know. It's not very helpful. Yeah, I don't get why they wouldn't do that. The compass is also helpful, but I think it's kind of silly that this game doesn't give coordinates. I feel like that would be a major help with accessibility where especially, like, there's so many things that are difficult to find and, and people are going to look it up anyways. So for me, it's just like, you know, finding, like just having, even if it's just like, you can turn it on, like, or I don't know. I just feel like it would have been better. It wouldn't have been cool if there's like a difficulty option of like true survivor, you know, no map, no like compass, unless you build it kind of thing like that. But it's just because there is difficulty settings, like Liz turned off her survivability one. So she didn't have to worry about food and water. Yeah. So like they already have some difficulty options. It would just... I think it would just make it easier if they had one where it's just like a, a medium where like you still have the survivability elements, but you get a map this time around. Yeah, I'm so glad that I didn't do the thirst and hunger option. I like it. I think it's it adds some interesting elements to it. It does, but I I felt like I was struggling a bit with other things and that it would have made taken me like so much longer to beat the game. I don't know. I think largely like in Grounded, I struggled with it a lot more. I felt like in Subnautica, again, at least below zero, because I, I just definitely embraced this game a little bit more, or quite a bit more, is I you could always kind of find fish, and there was so many more items around. Or maybe I just missed them in the first one, too. Again, I was very unobservant. But I felt like I was just like always coming across bottles of water. and And, I mean, personally, just kind of, having a better feel and rhythm to how I played the game helped. And I, I guess I, I don't know, fish were always plentiful enough. And once you had the fabricator module for your sea truck, it was always easy to just keep cooking fish or creating bottles of water that being hydrated or well-fed wasn't too difficult. If anything, it was just really more of a, an extra chore you had to do. It yeah. wasn't, it wasn't that bad. You bring up the sea truck and I want to ask you guys, what did you think of the vehicles in this one? There were less, right? Yeah. Because it was, I felt like they did it because it was a much smaller game. They didn't have like the the big vehicle, and I feel like that is really all that you needed in this game. I did the pronsu, like I built it, but I didn't end up using it. Yeah, so you never used it. So for me, it's just like it it was good. Um, I definitely don't think it needed the bigger ship, but yeah. It made me sad because I loved the Cyclops, and it made me so sad to see that it wasn't in this game. The sea truck is kind of a mixture between the sea moth and the cyclops from the first one. They just decided to kind of blend it in one vehicle. And it's nice, but I didn't care for it as much. It was just, it was okay. You're kind of discovering these modules, as Key said. And if you don't find the modules, though, then you're kind of, you know, you're just driving around a basic truck, which Liz did 90% of your game. You didn't realize you could build the modules you're discovering. Well, that's the frustrating part where it's like when I was playing this game, there was a certain module component that I, I couldn't find to scan. Again, that's why it wouldn't be great if there were 
you know, coordinates or something that you, you could actually like locate some of them. Cause I felt like with the sea truck, there were like a billion out there, but with some of the other ones, it was actually really, really tricky to find. It was luck if I stumbled upon them. Yeah. But one thing this game does add though, that we have yet to mention is, was incredibly helpful. In my opinion, they give you a handheld tool called a mineral finder, which actually will locate minerals near you that you want. So if you were like, Oh, I want to find titanium, it highlights titanium. Well, that doesn't highlight them, but at least gives you a, a like a counter saying how close you are to them. But eventually, you can also build the scan room, which the scan room was in the first one. But I found in this one it to be a bit more helpful. I didn't use the scanner room. I built it, never used it. But the handheld scanner was amazing. I use that so much. Yeah, I was definitely a big fan of the handheld scanner. And and again, kind of once I started playing with that highlight feature, it made it a lot easier uh, to to kind of find where I was going but yeah I so I I, I upgraded this time I got behind just the sea glide uh, I well I guess I guess I have said I got the sea truck but I didn't get anything beyond the sea truck so well I, that's it there's the prawn suit and that's the only thing in the okay. snow fox but the snow fox it's just okay it's really not something that is needed but the battery yeah. doesn't last long well and it's and it's kind of like those things right there is like we we mentioned earlier that below zero in a lot of ways does just feel like an expansion you you mentioned that the sea truck is kind of just a a combination of the sea moth and the cyclops and that's what you would do in an expansion like oh hey well here's an opportunity we don't really want to go bigger we don't want to go smaller we'll go in the middle and they create the sea truck and the snow fox because okay we're going to push you to go on land a little bit more here's how we're going to do it and it it didn't feel that's where it didn't feel like a true sequel, but I I still liked it better than the first game and and I enjoyed my time playing it. So there's that. And, and this is one thing I really praise Subnautica Below Zero about because like usually when it comes to a sequel, it's very much like the general motto for like a sequel is bigger and better than the last game. It's like you're always just kind of pushing the bar. But as I kind of said in my intro, Subnautica Below Zero and Subnautica they seem like they're clearly very similar games but they're very kind of different style. To me, it totally makes sense for someone who's like, I love Below Zero, but I don't like Subnautica. Or vice versa, you know, I love Subnautica, but Below Zero wasn't my jam. They're just, they're very similar, but just different. And I, I like that they did that. How so? Because I don't, I don't necessarily disagree, but I'm curious more, a little bit more your thought on that. Because like in this one, it's definitely smaller. Like when you look at the map of the first Subnautica, it's very wide and it's very deep. Like the maximum depth in Subnautica, I think is like 250 kilometers or 250, no, 2,500 meters. Okay. In Subnautica Below Zero, it's only one kilometer. Like it's not nearly as deep. You know, it wasn't as, it wasn't as scary. Some people might've found the first one much more scary, which it was. Um, it, this, like I said, this one had more direction. Its story was a lot more straightforward. You really kind of had to discover the story in the first Subnautica. So it's, to me, it felt like the first Subnautica was more geared for like a hardcore gamer. You know, if you really want to put the time in exploration, it's more rewarding. But in this one, it felt like it was more kind of a bite size. I agree I with that 100%. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And and I, the reason that like he said, I, when I asked the question, I didn't even disagree was I found that I really enjoyed Below Zero, whereas subnautica i i kind of struggled with i do want to i don't know if i will i'm not this isn't a commitment to it by any means but i i almost do want to go back and play the original subnautica and like see if maybe now it just clicks a little better and i feel better about it but i don't know if i want to give up my scanner tool uh not the scanner but the mineral finder yeah the mineral finder man i love that thing it's just it really is such a small but huge feature because the way like most minerals are going to find it's they kind of fall out in the same location so once you get into a location where you know you have the things and you lay a beacon whatever let yourself know it's there it just makes it so much easier to just farm the area and you're not just going around kind of blindly hoping to find the rocks or whatever it is you're looking for so i i just i thought it was a huge huge feature but yeah, so like that's what I mean. Like you like below zero, but for me, I much preferred the first Subnautica. The first Subnautica, I had a lot more fun with. I kind of no. wish I could combine them. 
Like, I, I wish that the first one was more linear, but I definitely like the atmosphere. And it really felt like you were just stranded in the ocean in the first one. Yeah, I really like that sense of an alien planet and, like, feeling kind of hopeless. Yeah, I, the isolation. Yeah. It was there. Yeah, this one actually had a lot more interaction. You actually interact with a, a live human being. And then, of course, you have a talking voice in your head, too. So, yeah, you didn't feel as isolated. I will say, so that woman that you actually talked to, she has a pet. You can't pet it. Ooh, that's a good point. He growls when Does you it have try a to go into her room. <laughs> I did not look to see if it had a butthole, Keith. I'm sorry. Dang it, Andrew. Keith, you didn't meet it? I didn't. I, I, she came at me one t- the first time, and then I never went and found her little base there. Other, I, You should know, because you looked at my achievements, Liz. Uh, <laughs> Was it an achievement to... I think yeah. I think so yeah, oh, but um, I'm just I'm just joking with you. But yeah, I I did meet her, but I didn't meet her again to to meet said pet. But I do agree. That's I I think I'm kind of on the same with you guys. Is I almost wanted a a combination because I want the playing style of Below Zero, but I want that empty feeling that the original Subnautica had. Because you're right. Like yeah, you're. And I, I guess I'm kind of jumping back to story, but I, you're a sister looking for your sister, and that's all fine and well, but it, it I don't want to say it felt forced, but it's like it made more sense when you crash landed on this planet, I guess, to have I to think like. Forced it, is a good word because to me, like, I felt like the first one was more depressing. This one, I felt like it was trying to feel depressing. You're finding these PDAs of people being like trying to say hi to their kids, I can't wait to see you, but of course, you know, like you're not meeting any survivors. But like in the first one, you were doing the same thing, but like it felt, I don't know, I, f- I th- felt like it had more weight in the first one. Yeah, I can see that. Because like, a survivor. Yeah, there's the one. I, the weirdest one, and I don't know, I guess maybe this is a thing that people do. Um, but the, the guy who is like, hey, I love you so much. It's so great being away from you. We should really consider doing this all the time when I come back. I was like, <laughs> that's a really weird like, I don't know, maybe that's what people are into, but in absence makes the heart grow fonder and all that, I suppose. But like, it, it was a very weird <laughs> assessment <laughs> that he was making. And it it sounded, because it almost made it sound, he was like, yeah, like we should split up. But he was like, no, we should just spend more time apart, but then come back and like go on vacation together. Like, okay. Weirdo. <laughs> that was kind of a weird weird PDA. So since this one kind of dealt with more land, you of course got a lot more different fauna and land creatures, but what did you guys think of the actual atmosphere of the game? Again, I I'm think all... the graphics because you guys didn't know. Okay. Yeah. I think all in all, I, it, I can think of at least, and I'm sure there was more, but I, I feel like I can think of it like four or five pretty distinct biomes between land and underwater. And you kind of knew where you were, even if you didn't know where you were on the map. And you and you always had your markers and everything that could help you figure it out. But I, I liked that there just felt like very distinct areas. And I and I think they did a really good job designing all of them. It, it felt like this weird underwater world. Um, I didn't spend a, ton, a lot of time on land, but I thought the land <laughs> felt very samey. It was either you couldn't get to it because it was walled off. Um, and I actually, I, I'm curious, do you think that that's why they made part of the reason they made the map less wide? Cause they're, cause they were intending to have you spend more time on land. So it was like, you didn't need to go wider. You went up. I think so. Yeah. It, it meant to be more vertical than it was horizontal. Yeah. That's, a, that's my thought on it. But yeah, I think it was good, but I don't, I don't know that it, built much more on the original, I guess. Maybe the graphics were slightly improved. I was less impressed with the biomes in this one. It, you know, you had your thermal areas, you had your snow, which, as Keith said, it's very, it's very kind of samey. You know, going to, actually seeing more established bases, though, was kind of interesting, like when you get to a human, human settlement. But, like, as far as, like, the creatures go, there's really only kind of, like, three land creatures. You got the penguins, you got the snow stalker, and then you got the giant worm, and that was kind of about it that you're interacting with on land i like the area where they have like the the frozen creature where yeah, the could, leviathan yeah um but yeah i felt like especially like going into the water with the creep vines and stuff there weren't enough that you really felt like you were like 
going through like a creepvine patch kind of thing. Yeah. So for me, like there were areas like that where I just felt like it was, I don't want to say lame, but kind of lame. <laughs> you know, I, it, it, was, it was very like small was, that it didn't feel natural. Yeah. Like I felt like it would have been creepy or more exciting to go through an area where anything could pop out at you, but it, you know, that wasn't the case. It was just like a couple of creep vines here, a couple of creep vines there. So I kind of wish that they, even just making things like that bigger, uh, I think that also made the game feel really small because it's like, oh, I got to go to the creep vine patch, you know? Yeah. And like, since this was such a smaller map, there was, the creatures were also very much smaller. Like in the first one, you had these giant whales with essentially biomes on their back, just like as a creature. But like, you didn't have anything that crazy. Like, like we said, the, the biggest creature you find in this one is like m- would maybe considered a medium sized creature in the first one. So it was just like, eh, it's just, it was just so much smaller. And, and so that's why for me, it just below zero was just a little bit more of a disappointment. It says, I don't know. I liked that big, exciting. Like I felt, I liked feeling small in the first one. This one I didn't. I, I cause also too, like the creature designs are still fantastic. And the biomes that are here are also still very good. They just weren't as big and as interesting. You know, you had purple geysers, purple crystals. You had one, the uh, vent gardens, which I thought was really cool. It was essentially a giant jellyfish that you could actually go in. And that was kind of a cool idea, but I just didn't think it was as well developed. Even the lily pad area, which I I felt like maybe it was because things were popping in. Like there was only like a couple on your screen at a time, or at least for me. That was an area when I... Went there. I only went there like once or twice where I was having a lot of issues with the frame rate and stuff. So I just kind of want to like reiterate because I know I probably sound negative. The graphics still of Subnautica Below Zero are still very good. I just, it just felt small. And like, that's just what makes me sad. I, I miss the big open worldness of the first one, but it's still very good. I don't know about you guys, but I found the faces, the human faces to be a little weird. I don't know. They were like a little cartoony, yeah. like on the little like picture displays or whatever. The sprites or whatever. Yeah. What do you guys think about when they had the, the ice storms and you were in the water? Oh, that was cool. I like when you actually see like you have the little pieces of hail hitting, breaking the surface of the water. That was actually really cool. I don't think I actually ever had that happen. That's cool. One graphic complaint that I have, and it's more me. I had really bad vertigo this week. And the snow fox, when you're driving it, and it would go like left, right, left, right. And then same with like if you, whenever I would go down and just hold straight it would start twirling and it was it was making me real dizzy and i know that i had vertigo this week but it's still like i still didn't like it <laughs> did it bother you guys no no not really sorry then i had a feeling it was just me like i wouldn't hold it against the game but i did not like the spinning <laughs> one thing honestly though i i, I only played I don't know, a portion of it, but I I really stand behind this auto move because I felt like it was so much smoother because I wasn't constantly like almost like I was staying in a straight line. It was only the camera I was moving. I wasn't like accidentally like letting my finger off the stick on the left side or something. I don't know. I, I felt like I actually had a smoother movement when I was doing that because it was just forward always. Going back to the ice storm thing I was talking about, I also loved hearing the windstorms, especially when you're on land. Um, well, I mean, of course, you're not going to hear underwater. <laughs> no, but you can you can be half in water, half out of water. Because whenever the hail would come up, I would always like shoot up to look at it. But especially, uh, especially, <laughs> I can't talk. Especially on land, I felt like the the windstorms and in that audio was really good. And then the music, they I feel like they still did a good job capturing the mood. But if I remember correctly, I don't think they did it as well as the first one, especially when you're being hunted. I think it was better in the first one. Yeah. But oh man, but speaking of music though, Keith, since you clearly didn't build a bass, you clearly didn't build the jukebox. Please tell me you looked up the music on Spotify. Crap, I forgot to. You told me to and I completely oh, forgot. Oh man. So <laughs> I knew you would appreciate it if you actually looked it up on Spotify, which is very unfortunate you did not. So but as you, you do find it, you, you can build a jukebox. And as you're exploring, they're hard to find, but there are some discs. And there's a total of like 10 songs that are like created by artists that are songs about Subnautica. You know, there's a couple rap songs. You know, there's a couple like acoustic songs. 
Oh, man. It, they're they're interesting. <laughs> uh, I I found them kind of weird. Yeah, I guess weird. It's not bad. I'm not huge into rap, but hearing a couple rap songs about Subnautica kind of made me chuckle. <laughs> but they're not bad. They're, they're just they're not for me. But it was uh, nice to have music on the bass. Yeah, well, it was just also kind of odd. Like, why couldn't you build a jukebox in your sea truck? Oh, yeah, yeah, it looked like there was plenty of space for it. I tried to build it a bunch of times, and it just wouldn't let me. Yeah, I really struggled with the thing on the back of my sea truck. I got it on the first time, and then it just kept coming off, and I don't know how or why, and I would just stumble across it. And uh, What? Oh, the modules? Yeah, I eventually just left it. That big <laughs> thing that you put on you, the back. So you just, just like be swimming around, and all of a sudden, like, oh, hey, I didn't know I lost yeah, you. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Did and and you and you may have I I I looked this up was even how I found it but do you you know you can like pilot those right yeah you can like grab the modules them. yeah I told her that okay yeah because I I I didn't at first and I sat there and I fought and fought I was like what this is this is stupid how do I do this and so I googled it and I was like oh that's actually pretty so easy wait, I think it's crazy too okay so you didn't even have a moon bay so did you have to keep replacing the battery of your sea truck I never had to replace it once oh you didn't drive it, it that much. I mean, I felt like I did, but I don't know. I never used up the battery. Because every time you park in the moon bay, it I, charges yeah, it for I you. Yeah, I felt like I ran out of battery really fast. <laughs> I don't I know. I also want to... When you park in the... when you What do you say when you park in the moon bay? When you build a base, like you a, build... It was... Well, I guess you didn't build a base in the first one either, didn't you? But no. you built a moon bay. So it was like a place where you could park your vehicle into your base uh, and would charge it up while it was parked. Was like solar yeah. energy of some sort. Huh. No, I didn't. I didn't have that. I just. I don't know. My batteries never died, and I had extra power cells anyways, so I just could have changed batteries. And your yeah. adventure is so weird in this game. It, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. It's it's why even if I didn't hate this one, I I oddly still did the same thing of just squabbled around, and I don't know what I did, but I had more fun doing it at least. I wanted to just point out real quick that I made that stupid thing to put on the back of my truck because Andrew told me that I could make the the body parts for the alien with the fabricator and I could do it when I was out there. You can't. You do it at the station. You don't use a fabricator. You do it like in the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I built it for nothing. And carried around with me for nothing. No, because you needed to make synthetic fiber. You could have made synthetic fiber on the go. Yeah, so, but I, pff, trying to. Well, no, I ended up forgetting the ion cube back at my base. And oh, to go oh all so the this is on anyways. you, not me. You're trying to run me over <laughs> with your sea truck. You're trying to make me go the way of the sea monkeys. I see what you're trying to do. I wonder if, like, one of the times my thing was attacked, maybe they knocked it off. No. Then I don't know how I did it because I never took it every, off. Every time you go to the moon bay, it detaches all your modules. <gasps> Maybe that's it. Yeah, that is okay. it. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's. I I didn't even have a moon bay, and I sounds like yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> I feel um, like your experience just sounds so sad, Keith. You you didn't build a base. You didn't get to put posters up. You didn't get to listen to music. I, you should see the posters of this base. <laughs> she has so many. I I did. I did pull down all the posters when I was at Delta Station. Uh, Delta Station, not Delta How Station. How did you Dog. carry it when you don't have any walkers? <laughs> did I, you throw them I into the carried. ocean? No, I I went and I just well at that point I had my my moon truck or my sea truck module and so I just put it in that storage. <laughs> I was fine. I don't know I, how I you just, get by without like five this, huge lockers. Keith explaining his adventures is just blowing my mind. I, I just I just run lean. I don't see what's wrong with that. Lean I, and clean. I would I would I would pin the recipes I was building, and I would just go pick up the things I needed for it, and then I'd fabricate it, them. And I didn't need to have anything else. And if I didn't need the thing that I found, I just didn't pick it up. It takes, I was like, oh, more titanium. I don't need more titanium. I'm just gonna leave that. I'm looking for gold. That makes the game so much longer. I, for, yep. I felt for myself because for me, like. I knew that I would eventually need a ton of titanium. Do a titanium trip. Do a copper trip. Do trips, like, just collect all the different stuff that you think you're going to need. Because, I, for me, it saved so much time. 
Because I would no, and I and I I can absolutely see that, especially once I was starting to get to the point where I had the ability to build the bases, and I was starting to try and do that. Then I was like, okay, I can see where I need a ton of titanium, uh, and and I did carry some extra. I wasn't like only carrying three pieces of titanium at a time because that's all I needed for the thing. I would I would have extra, but obviously not nearly as much extra as I probably should have had and that you guys had. So I, yeah, I just, I largely just carried what I needed. Uh, yeah, that really must have taken you so much longer. Cause I mean, so even though we're complaining or not really, we're saying that this game's I think smaller. yes and no, because I, I still say, I, I honestly don't think it did right. because the, the, I know the biggest reason I say this, really what took me so long to progress was the fact that I just didn't explore Delta Station. Like like I said, I had already found a couple of the alien body parts, artifacts. Like I actually somehow progressed a lot around, I think, the main storyline or parts of the, I don't know what I did. I don't know what... How much time do you think <laughs> you put in the game? Start, do you know? I would have to say I'm somewhere between seven to nine hours. If I were if I were gonna put money on it, well, the so far the average time to beat you're looking at between twenty hours to twenty six hours. Okay, uh, yeah, I and I think I think I would probably clock in at the twenty six if I were to bet. Maybe even honestly over that. Like I I'm sure it does take me longer, but I don't think it's like oh I'm doubling my time. I think at most maybe I'm adding an extra ten percent to it. That's all I'm saying. Which I wanted to get into achievements because we already touched on <laughs> Keith's achievements. You have a total <laughs> Which is of very minimal. 175 with three achievements. And Keith, uh, not Keith. <laughs> wow. Andrew and I, we both got 1,000 gamer score. Yeah, high five. All 13. Yeah. Um, I, will, I, will, I will accept noob achievement status this week. <laughs> I, it is well earned because I am not even close. I really, I found time for this game. I really want to know what happened in the end. And I feel like the achievements, there are they're only 13. And I don't. I think there's only 10. No, there's 13. Oh. No, it's, it is 13. You're a great and listener, I, yeah. Andrew. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so overall though, I think I would recommend this game for achievement hunters. If you are someone who just wants to get a quick thousand, I think you could follow a walkthrough in this game and honestly beat it pretty quick. It's. I think so because do you even really do you need to beat the entire game to do it? It didn't look like you needed to. You actually. just need to, like a lot of the achievements are just building kind of certain things, and it doesn't take long. Yeah, if you exactly. were following a walkthrough, you can knock them like if it like giving you directions is where to go. Yeah, you can knock this game out pretty quick. And I bet you someone's even built a, like an actual achievement walkthrough oh, sure. where you can s- not skip the storyline, but like touch what you need to of it, and then largely just do what you need to do to get to the achievements. Cause yeah, I didn't see any of them that at least from their explanation seemed to be story driven so much as you said, it's, it was like, build this item, do this no, thing. Like half of them are story and, driven. Um, half of them are kind of the, building things. But once again, too, all the achievements are secret, which is, which is very unfortunate. I don't like, yeah, I didn't like this, that. But I, if you're going to do 13 achievements, it's almost like that's why, but it's still annoying. Yeah, Like this is my complaint. I remember complaining about in the first Subnautica too. It's like the fact that they're not giving you a map. They're not telling you what the achievements are. Like this game is really encouraging you to look stuff up online, which is frustrating because if you're someone who really wants to know about the story, there's a good chance you're going to come across spoilers. And I don't like that. I don't like when a game is really encouraging you to go online and look things up. It's like, just, you should give me the tools with the game. Yeah. Like I found out that Marguerite existed before I even found her because Wait, I was what did you call her? trying to find Margarita. Uh, I think called her Margarita. Is that <laughs> her name's Margarita? No, her name's Marguerite, but I thought you called her Margarita. Oh. No, Marguerite. She Yeah, the first time I met her was after I or realized she even existed because I looked it up and I was like, Oh, there's another person here. Neat. And then I found her. Well, she found me. Something. <laughs> and it was love at first sight. But uh getting into our final thoughts here. Keith, why don't you go first? Alrighty. I'll do this. So when it came to Subnautica Below Zero, I wasn't thrilled. Um, so thanks everybody who voted for it. You you really you did me a solid. 
but it surprised me. I I actually enjoyed my time really more than I expected to, given I I struggled so much with the original Subnautica, and clearly I still struggled with with Below Zero, but I don't I don't feel like I struggled to the extent where I I couldn't get anything done. I I I I personally feel like I did a lot while not doing anything at all in this game, and I don't know how that makes sense, but it does in my head, so I'm gonna go with it. I can you Liz can can I get a can I get a score on my original because I don't make sure I don't accidentally score this one lower. Oh no, I want to hear your score first. I kind of do too. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Keith. I was gonna I was gonna go with eighty. Um, I I I don't know. I I think I like to think I try to stick pretty consistent where the 80 is a square where I I didn't love it I'm not gonna really recommend it to anyone unless they kind of describe they're looking for a game that seems to fit Subnautica but I I, I enjoyed my time so I, I can't really dog on it so I think 80 is a good good score for it so with the original Subnautica you said that personally you with enjoyability you found it to be a 70 but you thought that the game deserved an 80 so this okay. time you're saying... So it came up to the 80 that I felt like it deserved. That, yeah. It's perfect. Okay. All right, that works. I nailed it, and I didn't even know it. Thanks, Liz. No problem. I, I like that you actually <laughs> like got the full detail of my score. Yeah. So for me, like I, I'm very much with you, Keith. Uh, I loved, absolutely loved the first Subnautica. This one, I thought, was still good. It was still Subnautica. I still had a lot of fun with it. It just, I didn't like how small it was, and I was very upset my Cyclops was gone. I thought that thing was so fun to drive and just the environments that were kind of built for it. It was, it was a lot of fun. I like the, I like the Cyclops. I miss it, but this game felt like it had more direction. You know, it actually had more dialogue. It actually explained more of the story for you, which I didn't care for as much because I thought the story was just okay, but the, you know, the environments are still really good. The creatures are still really cool to look at. The sound effects are still really good. Like it's still very much Subnautica. It just, I was expecting bigger and better with, I usually do in a sequel, but this is very much its own game and it makes sense. I can totally see, like I said, I can see people who would love Below Zero, but wouldn't like first Subnautica, but you could also be like me where you love the first Subnautica and this one was just, it was okay. It was, it was good. Um, but I think I'm going to give it the same score as you, Keith. I think I'm going to give it an 80. So yours went down. I, I figured it would. I figured, I think I gave like the first one like a 90, right? No, you gave an 85. Yeah. Uh, um, I think that I am going to, I, I keep going back and forth between 88 and 89. You did this with Titanfall too. You also couldn't figure out what you wanted to give it. I'm going to give it an 89. I enjoyed it and found it way more accessible. And I just, I, I like that it was a bit simpler. I agree. I'm giving it a higher score than the original because I kind of felt lost with the original with like what to do next with the story things like that so for me I just I felt like I didn't have to look things up as much and um, I just really liked it so looking at Metacritic Series X is 83 and 7.7 and Xbox One TBD and 5.1 um, so someone who gave it a zero, the, the main complaint was that it was crashing and that there was a lot of frame dips. Uh, but they did say this bullcrap should be illegal. Game developers are worse than car salesmen these days. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So we actually had a listener also give us a review of the game as well. We did uh, last time with the original Subnautica. Uh, I think you're right. Oh yeah, we did. I am right. <laughs> uh, but a Twitter follower, Brian, who is also the uh, co-host of the List Off podcast, he said, Subnautica Below Zero is a great game. I love that there are more varied environments and a voice-acted story. It gives a different vibe than the original. He said, the sea truck forever. I disagree with the sea truck forever. I want my Cyclops. <laughs> I do. Th- it sounds like you've just predicted my gameplay. <laughs> I agree. I actually really did like the, uh, the sea truck. I just thought it was simple, easy, small. See, I like the more complicated Cyclops. I, I like that it was more complicated. But, uh, yeah. So I think that's going to do it for us this week. Liz, do you, do you have any other great snacks you want to suggest to this game this time around? No, but while we were having technical issues doing the podcast, Andrew and I took out some candy and we ate some uh, mini peanut butter cups, mini Kit Kats, and Sour Patch Kids. And you had Reese's Pieces. Living our best fat life right now. You had a cold snap. 
I'm trying to stay hydrated, drinking some water over here. I'm drinking beer. <laughs> uh, but thank you all nice. so much for joining us. If you have a game suggestion, please email us at gamepassgrabbag at gmail.com or at Facebook at GBGBPod or at Twitter at GBGBPod. I've been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can find me on Xbox Live at Firebird01952. I've been Keith, and I am swimming on out of here. I think you used that exact same one last time. Crap. You have a good memory. Don't, don't you have like another uh, a segment you're doing? <laughs> new phrase you're going to teach people. I I already I already told you I was quitting that segment because I, <laughs> I I I overshot my myself there. All right. And I'm Liz the Noob Gamer Tech Common I'm Dean and I'm on Twitter at Liz Noob Noob is EW. Thank you all so much for joining us. We love you all. We'll see you again next week. Bye guys.